Hello and welcome to In Discovery We Trust, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. Today we will be discussing The War Within, The War Without. My name is Ethan, I'm joined as always by... Kevin. And let's get into it. First thoughts for me, I have been really liking the way this season has been going for the last, you know, sort of since the end of the mirror and then being back. Um, I think it's really picked up the pace. And I'm enjoying the direction that it's heading in. Yeah, I'm a little, uh, you know, to kind of quote an article I just saw a little while ago, I wasn't really quite sure what the point was of them going into the Mirror Universe, but obviously we uh, find out that it's kind of symptomatic. You know, they bring Giorgio back, and now it seems like she's going to be the one responsible for putting this war to an end. Like they're going to be using her to do it? Yeah, it, it makes... <clears throat> I like that there's a thread being carried from the Mirror Universe through, because yeah. if they had just come back, mm-hmm. lost Lorca, and then just had to figure things out, that would have been... Right. It would have been interesting, actually. Well, I think also I like it's... That. You have the Empress, or the Emperor of this Empire, and you have her now in the Prime Timeline, and it's like... Um, it's like, what do we do with her? You, know, you can't hold her accountable for the stuff she has done, because... She's from an entirely different universe. Right, but you also can't just let her right. be an officer in Starfleet. Or yeah. maybe you can, given this episode. Maybe you can. I, mean, I like I... the idea that maybe they will uh, give her a con treatment <clears throat> and they'll just say, you can be free on this barren planet. I don't know if we're going to be seeing the Wrath of Giorgio. Hopefully. Um, but I've been sort of perusing the Trek message board I normally post at and even reading some stuff online, reading comments and various things, and... Some are wondering if there's going to be some sort of rehabilitation with Giorgio. Are they going to try to, you know, rehabilitate her into, you know, maybe who she was before? But I, for some reason, it seems like a very Star Trek thing to do, I guess. But I don't yeah. see them doing that. It would be, if they do it, I hope they do it well. It, yeah. Meaning, I hope it's not some... She just has a eureka moment and realizes, oh, I've been mean my whole life. I'm a terrible fascist and I should be a democratic uh, egalitarian. So hopefully, if they're going to do it, it would take intensive... You know, I almost would liken it to, um, you know, child soldiers mm-hmm. that are found in Africa, right? It takes right. years for them to ever come back to any semblance of a, you know... Well, calm. and the, the Klingons are going to wonder where the hell she came from. Because the Klingons ate her ate the other Giorgio after she died. They ate her body. Oh, yeah. That could be actually just a fun um, way to freak out the Klingons. Yeah. We've got several Giorgios just waiting. Eat her! See what happens. Um, yeah, so it looks like it's going to be a very sort of, like, way to scare off the enemy and sort of motivate the crew to kind of try to end this war. But I'm... I think... What I'm not sure about is... And we'll find out on Sunday. Because I'm going to assume the war is going to end after this episode. Or maybe at least it'll begin to come to an end after this. Even though I thought it had already kind of come to an end already. But um, this just tells me that Discovery is very important in the history, book, in the history books. They play, they're going to play a key role in this war coming to an end, I guess. Yeah, yeah. but... This is the Enterprise before Enterprise. The Enterprise. But they're going to play a key role in ending this war. However, we know at least everything that had to do with the Mirror Universe is top secret classified. Right. Everything that has to do with this Giorgio, top secret classified. Right. Which explains why Kirk didn't know about the Mirror Universe when he got there. Exactly. Almost probably everything that has to do with the Spore Drive at some point is going to become top secret classified. Although a lot of people would already know about that, wouldn't they? Although the spore drive to me is just getting, it's getting more and more dangerous in every episode. And to me, only makes it more clear that this is not a technology that they cannot, like you can see why it doesn't exist or why they don't use it in other shows. Oh, within, within the confines of the, within the contents, context of the franchise's canon. Absolutely. But I do think that most of what happens here is going to be classified. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, there may be some alternate history of what actually went down that, uh, you know, the Prime Universe shows well, that I mean, we know would know about. you got to... Um, so you have to also realize that 
look at the spore drive technology itself, right? Like it's just every episode proves just how dangerous the technology is. I mean, first you needed that tardigrade to operate it. Now you need, you know, you always needed the spores. Then you needed a human. Mm. And look what's happened to the human. Look what's happened to the human. And also using it to come back from the mirror universe also threw it, you know, nine months ahead in time. Right. Yeah. So after this war is over, chances are they're going to retire the spore drive. Yeah. If they don't destroy the spore drive already. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so it's it's a very sort of like, um, yeah, it, it makes sense as to why, uh, by the, again, by the time Voyager's lost, why they can't uh, spore drive. Why they back. just can't spore drive Voyager back. And right. if it's highly classified... You know, they may not even know that that was an option. They may not even know that that was a technology that existed. I mean, they obviously, we know the real world. The real world reasons are because Discovery wasn't written yet. But yes, but uh, we've got an in-universe one that makes right. sense. But you also have to wonder how classified is it going to get? Right. right. I mean, is this whole thing going to be classified? But yeah. the other part of it is, you know, the characters we know, Kirk and Spock and Bones and everybody, they are what in the Academy right now, probably. Um, so I think Earth. Kirk is a lieutenant on the, uh, um, I think it was, it's okay. either the, so he would know about the war intimately cause he would be in it. Well, so there's a great, I posted this on a Twitter feed the other day. Um, there's a great article that was published on trekmovie.com that right before discovery came on the air, that actually tells you what the crew of the original series is doing during that time. Oh, interesting. And Kirk is, um, I think it said that he is a lieutenant on the USS uh, Republic, and but he's also like simultaneously in the academy or something like that, or he's teaching in the academy, so he's kind of close to where Earth. Okay, he's so kind of close to Earth right now. Got it. That's that makes the sense. assumption. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Spock, as we know, is on is on the Enterprise with Captain Pike. Right. But um, I do wonder what that ship's role, if any is is in the Klingon in this war right um and per- is that why so you mentioned earlier we were talking earlier and you mentioned that you heard some theories that thinking the Enterprise will show up at the last episode yeah like I heard that um there are a lot of like um so there are a lot of I post at the uh, this message board trekbbs.com I'm going to give another shout out um to various truck stuff but this is a really i've been on this board for a long time i think ever since like i was a god since i was like a teenager when enterprise first came on in 2001 is when i joined yeah so i've been on that board for a while um and you know a lot of fans on there just kind of speculate what are we going to see in this season finale right like is are we going to get any surprises is there going to be any sort of like you know stunt moments i guess you like I want to say stunt casting, but that's not what I mean. But like, you know, sort of like big moments that are just going to be huge for a finale. And right. for some reason, some seem to think that um, that the Enterprise is going to show up at some point. That would be exciting yeah. and stunty, sort of. It would be exciting. And just kind of uh, perusing that thread, seeing, you know, what people were saying or how they were sort of envisioning how they could see that happening. It's that the Enterprise comes in and... Saves the day. Oh. And I yeah. thought... It comes in and just sort of like... And I thought to myself, that's... I don't like that idea. It's cool, but that kind of undermines discovery. Yeah, that... Yeah, no, you... I think that would be as bad as the Enterprise decision to have the last episode be an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. It's like... We followed the ship all season and then we're going to have the Enterprise come and be the hero of the show? I don't... Yeah, I I mean, it's like you want... Yes. I would love to see the Enterprise and I was even thinking if it does show up eventually. uh, Because they were saying they think they're only going to see the ship itself. Like, we won't see Spock or... uh, Captain Pike. Yeah. But I was but at the same time I was also thinking about how that would work if they decided to go down that route. And I realized something that um they could make that work already. And I'm not saying, you know, create a digital Jeffrey Hunter and a digital Leonard Nimoy. They're not gonna do that. Do what you do what you yeah, I don't especially for T V, right? And plus, I'm not really convinced. I'm not really convinced it's a proven technology just yet. I mean, 
they do it a lot in Rogue One, right. but it still didn't look and, and right to me. Discovery does not have Rogue One money behind no. it. Um, but but I was thinking about what they how they could make it work, and I realized they could sort of pull a um, Deep Space Nine Trials and Tribulations thing when they that episode where they the crew went back to the Trouble with Tribbles episode and they actually digitally inserted them into scenes oh, on that episode. show oh, and that yeah. and so think of that like was, that. that's pretty fun that right. was a new technology then and that right. was like 20 almost 22 easy. years ago i mean that was almost 22 easy. years ago yeah so and you have an hour-long episode an hour's almost an hour's worth of footage of captain pike and spock yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that would be really fun. I don't know if they would go that road either. What I assume they would do is they just find somebody who kind of looks like young Nimoy. Right, but I think what you know, I also think that if they decide to go that route, I mean, they don't even have to do it that way. Like they could also like, you know, say if Spock appears on screen, they can just take a grab from the cage. You know, because you also have to remember this too. In the last episode of Next Generation, there's those three time periods going on one takes place on the enterprise right before the show begins one takes place at the present time one takes place in the future so for the timeline that takes place sort of like in the first season of next generation Riker has no beard right so but Riker wasn't on the enterprise yet and so but he did appear briefly on a monitor and it was just footage from encounter at farpoint right of him right, looking right. young. So that is a way to do it. Yeah. I think... So you could you could kind of do it like that. Yeah. So I do think we're, we're going far down the road you could just, speculation. But... Yeah, I am going down a rabbit hole, but you could also do just like, you know, an aud- over audio and just say... And get somebody who sounds like Spock or Captain Pike. Right. And but I think it'd be cool. Voice actors can mimic voices. And what could be cool, to though, is instead of the Enterprise saving the day... Discovery is giving the orders to the to Enterprise to the Enterprise. That would make more sense. Just one of the many because we all know what that what the Enterprise later becomes. Yes, right? yes. So. But I think it would be very strange to see um, Spock with his cage uniform mm-hmm. in the same scene with Discovery people with their Discovery uniforms. I mean, it would look like almost like a guy in sweatpants and a sweatshirt, and then them and they're very finely tailored. Yeah, because we were saying like. Um, you have the cage uniforms that look like the original series uniforms, sort of, and then you have discoveries. Sort of, but like, not why, even. Then it's like, but why black. do they go back to the the other? Yeah, yeah, it would be very strange. So it would be very yeah. strange. Yeah, you guys got the good uniforms. I just kind of, I just kind of look at it this way. I know every show wants their own unique look, but at the same time, I think Discovery is part of a maybe a special wing of Starfleet or something like that, where the unit, where I don't know. <laughs> Sport drive, you guys get. Where like maybe ships are more advanced, or like they get the latest technology or something like that. You know, because. Yeah. Or the captain decides a uniform or something weird. No, because then the admiral has it too. Uh, anyway, if they're going to do it, they're going to make it work. Yes. <laughs> but I don't think we'll see that, to be well, perfectly honest. Well, can I just add one more thing to this too? Sure. Before you down this rabbit hole. Fans obviously complain that they think Discovery's looks too advanced or more advanced than the original series Enterprise. And granted, yes, because it's produced in 2017, not 1964. But also, Discovery's, I think what they forget is, or don't realize, Discovery's a newer ship. Right, because the Enterprise is at that point. It's already had for a bit. at that point. The the Enterprise is at least five years old. At that point, at least five years old because right. it already had another captain. And Discovery's right Pike. off the line. Yeah. So that so is Discovery. A fair, that's very reasonable. So yeah, Discovery is a newer ship. Yeah, yeah, that's very so. reasonable. Because I mean, think about our think. Just take like the U.S. military for example. I mean, they've mm-hmm. got some you know, ships on the sea that are much older, and then you have some of the brand new stealth, you know, they have those big stealth ships that come off the line. They're both operating at the same time, but they look completely different. So, yeah. that's a very good point. It is all very feasible. Um, but all their uniforms are kind of the same, though. Yeah. So, in the episode, we get um, an update on how bad things really are for the Federation. Yep. So, they have one-third of the ships destroyed. Yep. They have only, I believe, one of their um, bases in space that's still left. Mm-hmm. The first base. Starbase 1. That's it. <laughs> first base, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the Klingons are getting closer and closer to Earth. Right. And the unity that, um, you know, Tovok wanted is been destroyed. And now it is just 
the individual houses just fighting to grab more and more Starfleet territory and Starfleet bases. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Federation is just in, in shambles. Mm. Yeah, it's like... I don't know if this is any worse than the Dominion than the Dominion War was later on. Um, but the Klingons occupy, as they say, 20% of their territory. And <sighs> and I and I and I have to say have we mm, I know I, I don't want to go down this road, but like, um, I thought we like. How come we haven't heard of this before? Like, do you know what I mean? This well, to me, I, look, I, I know it's. I know, I know, I know, I know. I just because it didn't happen. It didn't. Ha- I know. And we do get some reference that there was a bad, uh, war between the um, the Klingons and the Federation. That's why there's a neutral zone. You wouldn't have a neutral zone if you didn't have some sort of a conflict. Right. And, you know, I mean, this seems like probably this is a uh, dark day for Starfleet. I don't know if they want to go around, uh, you know. And do the Klingons, you think, about it. do you think the 20% of their territory, do you think the Klingons eventually give it up or they keep it? Oh, I think they, they give it up. I think we, yeah. I think we, I just said we, the, if I'm a Starfleet, with the, I think we are going to drive the, them back into with the, their, uh, with the establishment of the neutral zone. Into their hidey hole. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I really do think that um, they're going to take them out. Um, yeah. I like that you compare it to the Dominion War. I also was thinking of the Zindi because the situation where the Klingons yeah, are the heading thing. toward Earth and they're getting there slowly and moving. But yeah. it really seems like the Federation has no answer to them at this point. So mm-hmm. when the um, Discovery goes to Starbase 1, Starbase 1 has been destroyed. And that's uh, Admiral says that this was their last safe place they're sort of safe haven right and that's been destroyed and taken everyone they're killed it's weird like i would think that earth would be safe well i guess in space in though, space like a safe yeah. place because earth is still not right has not been taken but um, they're moving closer and closer to earth and since starfleet has no way to stop them things are looking very bad it calls for desperate measures which leads us to a couple of things first they start to entertain the ideas that the uh, mirror giorgio has about how to take out the Klingons. Mm-hmm. And the Admiral goes to see Laurel yep. to find out what is actually going on. Like, what can they do to stop this? And she right. finds out what we probably already know is that there is no way to stop it. You have to destroy them. You have to defeat them right. or else they're going to keep coming. Yeah. How does this war end? Yeah. There's no peace treaty because she's surprised. They're not making any demands. They're not trying to negotiate anything. And they don't want to. They're just warriors and they want to conquer. Right. And it seems like the Admiral realizes at that point that it's almost as if she was on the fence about using Giorgio. But -hmm. once she finds this out, then she realizes that that might be their only option. Well, I think I'm trying to, you know, I want to sort of extrapolate here because you have to think. So this is a decade before the original. So let's just pretend for the moment that the war ends on Sunday. And maybe that leads to the establishment of the neutral zone. Mm-hmm. Right. Then by the time we get to the original series, they seem to be in a sort of almost Cold War-like... They're at a stalemate. Yeah. Right? It's you like, stay on your side, we stay on our side, we won't yeah. kill each other anymore. Skirmishes here and there, you know, in yeah, episodes you and movies and everything. And by the time you reach Star Trek VI, they, the Klingons are almost... Um, they're kind of they're running themselves into the ground, and they don't have long to live, and that's part of where the peace treaty comes from. Yeah, and the sort of Cold War analogies. Of yeah, Reagan right. Right. outspending the Soviets, and, and all that. then by the time you have Deep Space Nine, they're our best friends. Right. Yes. Yeah. So and we got Worf. Yeah. Before that, it's going to be interesting to see how this, because this is going to eventually pave the way for all of that to happen. Well, right, but we also have the I original series in between. So they're yeah. just in a state of yeah. little conflicts throughout. Right. But yeah, are there any seeds planted for that? Yeah. But I think, weren't you saying last week that this, even though the Klingons were like originally our stand-in for the Soviet Union, now it almost seems more like um, North Korea. 
like this is the sort of Korean War, but now that after it ends, we're we're at this very sort of like hostile relationship with. Well, I think there's two things. I think that we've got the North Korea. I think because of the neutral zone mainly the demilitarized zone. But I think yeah, uh, yeah, like the demilitarized zone. But I think as most times when you have uh, enemies, which which is sort of too bad. I think that it's more of a stand-in for um, the global war on terrorism because you have the Klingons that have right. What do they say? Like they just they just hate. It's that sort of that classic um, phrase. Like they just hate us. They hate our way of life. They just want to destroy us. They're mindless. They won't stop. There's no negotiating with them. There's no. They don't want anything. They just want to destroy us. It's that very simplistic. It sounds like you're terrorism. Almost, it's, and the thing is, it almost sounds like when you say that, it sounds like you're almost describing. It sounds like you're describing the Borg too. Yeah, that's the Borg even more so. Yeah, because they there there is that once you make them so machine like, then there's really no negotiating with them. But this one, I mean, I remember in the in the first episode, they have you know Takumba saying, "Remain Klingon, remain Klingon," because they view the Federation as threats to their sort of way of life, and the admiral yes. saying to Terrell, no, that's not what it is. Like, she didn't say we don't care about your way of life, but it's like, yeah, it's like, she sort of said like, we respect always a life and we, yeah. we, you know, we're not going to try to change you. But, but she realizes Terrell, Laurel rather realizes that it wouldn't be as if the, the Federation would come in and force them, like assimilate them, like the United States into native Americans, but they wouldn't, yeah eventually uh change them because you couldn't keep a warrior culture if you were in the federation for instance yeah. you can't be all about conquest right so it would be in subtle ways but they would start to lose i mean i remember the admiral in star trek six who was a the admiral cartwright who was opposed to the to the idea of a peace treaty he just said you know to offer klingons a safe haven in federation space is suicide and he said he actually said that klingons would become the alien trash of the galaxy yeah, that's a fair point, right? Yeah. People would definitely look down on them. Yeah. Um, and there was... A, so, when... Speaking of Native American, there was one of the most famous of the um, people that... I mean, they claimed they were, like, helping the Native Americans, but what they said was um, by educating them oh. and bringing them into culture, they said, kill the Indian, save the man, was his slogan for what they were doing with the, the Native Americans. So. so, I just... I just... When I... When I restated that line by Admiral Cartwright in my head as you were talking. I was listening to you. But I was also thinking ahead of what else he said. And what he said, actually, Giorgio says exactly, almost. He said, um, after he said that, he said, um, a little later, he said, uh, God, what was it? He says, if we dismantle our fleet, we'd be defenseless before it. An aggressive species put a foothold on our territory. The opportunity here is to bring them to their knees. Mm. And then Giorgio said, what if I could t show you how to bring them to their knees? Yeah. Which brings us to her plan. Yeah. Which, um... Because when Cartwright says, the opportunity here is to bring them to their knees, then we'll be in a far better position to dictate terms. Right. Makes sense. So that maybe that's the only way to get them to accept any sort of truce or, you know, to bring them to their knees. So maybe... Just have them where it's like, you know, if they're so soundly and completely defeated that they literally have no choice. That would yeah. be the only way to do it. And her plan, which seems counterintuitive because the Federation is playing defense, defending Earth. They say, forget defense, go on offense, go to Kronos mm -hmm. uh, and attack it. And they will come back to defend their home world. And no one has vis visited that inhospitable planet since who? Captain Archer and the crew of the NX-01, which was a really, really fun call-out. Uh, Name-dropping, yeah. To a great um, um, story arc. Again, I'm really surprised at how much that show gets ref gets mentioned. Yeah, because... This is it, like the fifth time. I love it, being Dave and that I really like the show, but it's... It, because it was so long, it was just seen as, like, the other... Oh, yeah, that other one. Right. But um, it's canon. But and it's more canon than anything else. What Cornwall is referencing, as you know, she's referencing the first episode of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where we even had Klingon on Earth. Yeah. God, I mean, that, that I got the... I kind of got, like, a bit of a chill when she said that, and I wanted to go almost go back and watch that, that yeah, episode. Yeah, I'll be watching it soon. 
Um, but I tell some friends of mine who watch Dis- who do watch Discovery, but they haven't watched all of everything that came before it. Um, I you know I tell them all the time, like you know when they when they reference things like that, they're referencing actual episodes. Yeah, and they say to me, "Should I go watch them?" And I say, "If you have the time, go for it." Um, but it's referenced in such a way that even if you don't, you know, if you don't know who Captain Archer is, that doesn't then it doesn't mean anything to you. You're just like, oh, well, she's referencing someone historical. Right. Like, yeah. Some what captain I keep, went there once. The way, the way I'm putting it, it's not exactly an original way of looking at it, I think, but she's sort of rogue wanting it. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I mean, so, with, but with, Rogue One already exists for us. Right, but what I In mean is that analogy. She's, she's, you know, you had Burnham talk about what happened on the Defiant in the Mirror Universe, which is in a Meridocally, and then you had Giorgio talk about what happened on the Defiant from the Tholian web. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so basically, you got, like, you got the plots of two both series of ep- to watch. There, you can go both to the original of those ep- series. Both of those episodes were both of those episodes were referenced basically, and uh, the plot was explained more or less. Yeah, and then you have Cornwell referencing Jonathan Archer and saying he's Captain Archer and saying, you know, he has the, nobody's visited the the planet since uh, almost a hundred years ago. And you're like, oh, that's well, that's Broken Bow. That happens in the first episode of uh, of Enterprise, yeah. but you don't have to see them. No, but I just you told can go those friends of mine. I said, if you want to see them, just for a little bit of like exposition, and go for it. And I feel the same way about Rogue One. You don't have to see it if you don't want to, but yeah, and yeah. it's it's you know, and that's I think that's why we love this stuff because you can go and get lost in all the backstories to everything. So yeah, um, you know, if people have that kind of a mind where they like to like dig into all this stuff and fill up your mind with useless knowledge then you can go and do that and it's very entertaining to do yeah um yeah so there are some there's some um trepidation or some like resistance like can we really do this Mm -hmm. and stamets puts that to rest and so he will be able to jump into the caves yep so they won't be detected they'll be able to scan and plan out their attack and then just bombard the place seems like what's going to happen hmm. um not what we expect from starfleet but yeah. desperate times call for desperate measures um and before that happens though we get um the um ash tyler story right i think maybe even ends for us well i mean we've gotten a bit of an update um um, you know, we've been seeing the sort of after the, the, the after effects of everything that happened, but yeah, you feel like his story's sort of over with for now? I I have a feeling where, yeah, we're not going to see much of Ash Tyler, but I'm not sure. Given this show, it, will, will, it seems like it's willing to do that, right? We lost Lorca completely. We lost Lorca completely, but with Ash, I... Yeah. Do you mean, think he'll be able to prove himself and then Michael will come around? I don't know. I, mean, I don't know either because it seemed pretty fun. I really liked the the overall scene. I didn't like it in the moment. I thought it was a the, the drag a, a little bit, and bit I didn't love the like, writing. It was a little over right. the top. Yeah, um, um, a little cringy. Well, Ash Tyler was the reason I was surprised that Lorca was in the mirror universe and was from the mirror universe. And what I mean by that is when there were all these people guessing that Lorca was from the mirror universe, I was like, I'm like. That sounds absurd. We already have one crew member who's not who he says he is. Are we really going to have two? Well, that's the thing. I never took it as he's not who he says he is. Because, yeah. remember, they checked the files and there was an Ash Tyler. And he was taken captive. And all they did is they put a Klingon inside of him. He was still him. He just had a Klingon in there, too. That's how I always saw it. Right. So, I never... That makes me wonder if that's the same procedure they did on Darvin in The Trouble with Tribbles. Perhaps. You know, I mean, they seem to Was be... he actually a Klingon or was he a human? I don't know the guy. I don't know the character's history. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think that it's interesting that now we've had the Klingon removed, but he can still access the memories of that Klingon. Right. Now, everyone on the crew, of course, is shunning him because, well, he was a Klingon and he tried to kill some people. Yeah. Uh, did kill a person that everyone really liked, the doctor. Mm-hmm. So people are shunning him, but of course Tilly, the good and um, honorable 
uh, noble Tilly is mm-hmm. willing to see past that and recognize that it's not his fault he had a Klingon jammed inside of his body that took his body over. Um, so it seems like most of the crew is won over to his side, except for Michael. Mm. Because Michael was attacked by him. Yep. But she doesn't... I don't know. I sort of had a little bit of trouble with her reaction because she she seemed almost not even willing to concede that there was a Klingon in control of him. She just kept saying, you attacked me. You tried right. to kill me. Right. And, you know, they've seen a lot of weird stuff happen. Can't she just wrap her mind around the fact that he was his body was being controlled 100% by a Klingon? It just seems crazy to me that that procedure would, be, would happen when we know that there are Klingons that look like humans at this point. Yes, but if you send one of them onto a discovery, then they're going to they're still going to be who the hell is this person? So the yeah. fact that it's a crew member. I mean, it's there, yeah. I mean, I understand it's like, you know, you're in Starfleet. It's I mean, Darwin, I pulled up his profile from Memory Alpha. I mean, he is a Klingon, but when he posed as a human, like he posed as a civilian. Okay, so that makes more Basically. sense because yeah. you don't have to come up with a paper trail of them in Starfleet. Yeah, exactly. So actually, their plan was very brilliant because it was, first you put him inside Tyler, then you put Tyler in prison with Lorca, you get them to trust each other, then you have them escape together, and it's like, strangely enough, though, it infiltrates really well. That, to me, would be like, it's like, oh, okay, well, Arn Darwin didn't work, let's actually try putting a Klingon literally inside of you, like, to me, it seems like that's seems like Darwin's the first step, and then what they did to Tyler should have come second. But instead, it was the other way around. Right, right. Well, maybe, I mean... Or maybe it was like, oh, this is too much. We shouldn't do it this way. Or... And maybe only Laurel's house knows this. Maybe. Yeah. Because it doesn't seem that they're putting a lot of Klingons into humans. No. It was... From what I can tell. But it was, it was very kind of... It's like he's... It's like multiple personality. Yeah. Disorder, yeah. 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 But intentional. So, but Burnham really can't get too. past it, and so she says, and I guess it makes sense. I mean, it was very traumatic what she went through, and she can't look at him without seeing that. Yeah. What happened to her. So she can't um, handle it, and says she's done with him. How do you feel about the rest of the crew being a bit sympathetic to him? I would, that's a reaction I would have expected right away. Because the rest of the crew, I think, would get it. He mm-hmm. was taken over by a Klingon. A Klingon was put inside of him. It is not his fault. It's not your fault if someone takes over your body. And so it surprised me that any... It is... It is to, it, it's also a very... Um, it's a very Star Trek way of dealing with it. I think. How do you mean? Because the crew realizes that it's not his fault. Yes. He wasn't in control. That's what so you would expect from the enlightened yeah, They're not going to hold that against him. And there, look, there are even people like that Today. Somewhat. Tell me more. Well, I mean, I feel like there are. Like, you know, I feel like people today are maybe a li- I feel like I see people being a little less judgmental in some ways. I see two oh. extremes, but... You know, right. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. People, like, rolling with it more if someone... Yeah. Like, people has a mental illness and they commit yeah. some kind of crime. And it's like, but well, I, But I think, you actually... know, the, the last we see of him is everyone sort of sitting with him... On, uh, in the mess hall, and of course Tilly's the first one, right? And as they all begin to sit down, the camera pulls begins to pull back. So I think, yeah, to your point, it does feel a little. There does seem to have a little bit of a finality to it, like yeah, and the finality too. I see with the fact that Burnham says to him, "I'm done with you." So it'll be interesting to see. Does he stick around? Because they said that they took away his. Well, um... he's well based on the trailer. He's going to go with them next week down on the planet. Okay, yeah. not what? That's yeah. weird. Yeah, yes. So they said that he can't or, fly, or, 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 he wherever, can't... or wherever they go. I mean, you see him on the landing party, so that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so they just said he just said that Tilly said when she's trying to pressure Burnham into going to see him that like they took his they're not gonna let him fly they're not gonna let him do this like they're taking away all of his yeah uh, rights and his um, you know duties in Starfleet. So that's that's really interesting. So yeah. I guess that opens up the possibility that it could be some sort of a redemption. Story. Maybe they can use him. If he has, you know, can they use them in some way? Yeah, yeah. If he has the memories, yeah, he could access them. That might be helpful, I so. suppose. Um, well, that leads us to, I think, is the biggest reveal um, of this plan after the emotional moment, which is that 
not only are they going to follow Giorgio's, um, you know, strategy, but they're going to put Giorgio in command, in command. of Discovery with the interesting reveal on the um, on the bridge yeah. from the Admiral. Um, you thought that Giorgio was dead, but uh, top secret, she wasn't, and here she is. And um, and as I was watching that, I thought to myself. The bridge crew knows because that that's not, that that's Emperor Giorgio. Because they were there when she first appeared in the, initially as a hologram. Right. They saw that. Most of the bridge crew probably does know, yeah. Whoever was on duty at the time. Yeah. yeah. But I guess they have to just sell it. They just have to. But the chick, the navigator, the one who's got the metal thing in her head, whose name we can never, <laughs> never remember. Never remember, remember her name. At all. She kind of has this look like of shock. Almost like... The way I was interpreting her, the expression on her face was like, oh my god, she's alive. But I thought to myself, weren't you there when the hologram of Empress Giorgio appeared? Emperor Giorgio appeared a few weeks ago? Right, maybe it was more like, oh my god, they put the Empress from the Mirror Universe in charge of the goddamn yeah, ship. I, I, yeah. That was more likely. Speaking of her, I was looking at a picture of her, and not only does she have that implant on the side of her face, but if you look at that eye, the pupil looks like it's mechanical. Hmm. So it's like a whole brain eye attachment situation. I cannot remember her name for Me neither, because she doesn't get enough lines. She got a couple here. It's funny, too, because I was checking out Instagrams, um, Twitters, rather, of like uh, different actors, and I clicked on hers, and you know she has all these posts about the show and how much she loves the show and her part in it and all that. And, um, you know, just give her some more lines. Give her more to do. Well, I know that, I know that uh, Burnham says her name. When she sees her again on Discovery, I just can't remember what the, what the name is. Yeah, it's really weird to... It's she almost, sees her in the mess hall. Yeah, I wonder at least to get like, um, like, uh, original series when Sulu, you know, would get like an episode to shine every now and then. Yeah. Like a really a Sulu-based episode. When you, when you think about who's left of the cast, though, you have Lorca's gone, Tyler's potentially gone. So, is there anybody on that bridge crew who's able to kind of step up and become a regular now? Well, you got the, um, yeah, you got Eyeball Lady. You got, um. Eyeball Lady? Well, the redhead with the The one we were just talking about. Yeah, we were just talking about. Then you have the. <laughs> I, then you have, her, I always call her chick with the metal thing in her head. Now yeah. you're calling her Eyeball Lady. <laughs> well, now I know about the eyeball. Then we have the white skin, gray, whatever. The, the robot? Heck, she is. She's a robot? Yeah, she's a robot. She's a robot. Full robot. Yeah. So why is everybody so impressed with Data all this years later? When they've had that thing walking around hundreds of years before. Her name is... In, uh... Eyeball Lady is Kayla Detmer. Kayla Detmer. (laughs) Okay. But isn't... Right? Why is everybody so impressed with Data? Yeah. They've had a robot crew member for... Centuries. (laughs) <laughs> and now we're supposed to be impressed about Data. Well, Data's an android. And I think it's like he's more human-like. He's more... <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, look, that little lady, she walks, she talks, she takes orders. <laughs> no idea. They just ruined Data. Damn it. <laughs> well, anyway, I actually clicked on that actress's um, Twitter also, and she's like, a, I think, an Australian model. Yeah, she's beautiful. Yeah, she's very, yeah, she's very, she's very tall. She must have a lot of makeup to do and whatnot, but yeah, that was interesting. Damn, man. So, yeah, Data is... Whew. Don't diminish Data. Brent Data? Spiner. I didn't do it. Brent Spiner might listen to this podcast. Ted Sullivan did it. I didn't do it. <laughs> Sorry, well, I think Ted. Data is a more, I think Data is a more advanced form of... Is there, you have a robot and you have an android. Uh-huh. But you have a, it's a crew member. She's a crew member. That was the big deal with Data. It was like, he's an actual crew member. Oh my God, look, we made an artificial intelligence that can be a crew member. And he has skin colored skin. Maybe, maybe, he has Caucasian Data, skin instead Data, of gray skin like Data 200 went, goddamn Data, years ago. Data went to the academy. Maybe the robot didn't. Maybe they just gave better all the information. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. We're going to, I want answers. She looks like Mighty Number no. 9 in all honesty. It's a video game. Oh. She kind of looks like Mighty Number no. 9. Um, a lot of answers. <laughs> That's the mystery. That. Why is everyone so impressed with data? <laughs> well, you know, I say you reach out to your 
Twitter contacts and see if they have any answers for that. Uh, well, I don't have an answer to that. To that, to that Me neither. But anyway, she could possibly step up if she can do things. We don't know what she's willing, what she's able to do. Um, then you have you have well, you have the two, the two, the, the, you have the navigator and you have the helmsman. There's the there's you're calling her eyeball lady now for some reason. <laughs> no, Detmer, um, Detmer, Detmer. Detmer. Um, we know her name now, Detmer. I'm not going to know. I won't know it next week. Um, Burnham says her first name. What's her first Kayla. name? Kayla, but it's K E Y. Oh. That's right. Okay, I remember the line now. Yeah, she's walking. She goes, Kayla. Yeah, I remember. That. Okay. Then you have the other one, who sits, who sits on, who sits on the uh, at the other one. I don't know. She's regular. She doesn't have any, um, any uh, mechanical or electronic. No. Bits. Okay. <laughs> no. So then I don't notice her. Um, and then you have a couple. Then you have somebody else who sits in the back of the bridge. Yeah, it's a really big bridge. It's a very big bridge. So they're so far away. You don't really yeah. see them. Um. So no, there's a there's a bridge a crew of recurring regulars on the bridge. Yeah, but um, so. I think they're kind of like you know the original series always had that one person that like was interchangeable before Chekhov came. Yeah, but here's the deal, Billy Blackburn. I feel like the two that we see the most are Detmer, and Detmer even got a couple lines. She's starting to get a little bit more lines. She's been with the show from the very very beginning. Who is Detmer? I implant. Oh 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 Jesus. Okay. So Detmer, I think she's got to become a... I've been saying this. I've been Kayla, singing this song since the beginning of this yeah. podcast about how we want to see more of her. And then the robot slash android. Who come, for some reason diminishes the impact of I feel. I feel that it does. Um, so they both could step up. They could step up. I mean, because otherwise... Well, if Saru becomes captain... If Saru becomes the captain, right? Who becomes the first officer? Is my question. Well, uh, Saru's not the captain right now. He's the first officer, though. George. No, but I'm saying if 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 the show, if 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 Saru becomes the captain, say in season two, yes, does somebody? Do they bring in a new character for first officer? Like, I can't imagine well, it's going to be Burnham. Well, here's one thing. So the interesting thing is that what happened when they came back did solve one problem. Because we were wondering, what are they going to do with Burnham when they come back? Because she still is a criminal. And she was the only reason that she got out of prison was because of someone who snuck in from the mirror universe. Right. So now, because of the situation, it seems like the Admiral doesn't care about that. Well, and Cornwall was... Early on, speaking with Lorca, and he, she wasn't. She was questioning why she was why Burnham was on. Yeah, the ship. Yeah, and Lorca had to pull that. Like you told me, I get to do whatever I want to win this war for you, sir. Right, and then so that's why he did that. That to me seems like that might be what the cliffhanger is. What's the what happens to what's the fate of Burnham after all of this? I don't know. I think the admiral. Let's say everything goes great on Kronos, and Burnham shows her bravery and metal against the winds of the war. Helps to win the war. I think the Admiral's going to uh, give her a pardon. If that's possible. This Admiral is is on is wanting to classify everything. So I think she's going to potentially... And we talked about this a while ago. Um, if Burnham kind of gets... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not fixed. If Burnham gets... Pardoned? No, well, yeah, I guess, but that's not the word I wanted to say. Um, does that mean that her mutiny is stricken from the record? Because, like I said, Spock says in the Tholian Web that there's, or Chekhov says, there's ever been a mutiny on a starship before, and Spock says, absolutely no record of such an occurrence. So. Right. Yeah. Well, that's true. So maybe that is it. But I know, Phil, let's say, I don't know. I know it's not the same, but in the U.S. system, I believe it doesn't there's no, disappear. And there's no record of uh, the Mirror Universe either. Right. So. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if she gets if she gets some sort of... Yeah, I mean, right now she's putting her on an away crew, right. an away team, in one of the most important... Well, I think or she... the most important she, battle of Starfleet history, so she clearly trusts... She has her. to keep her there because it wouldn't make sense to take her out now and put somebody else there. Like, you've gotten this far, you've gotten the crew through this, I've got to keep her there, at least at least until this is over with. Right. Yeah. Or, 
Yeah, well, that'll be interesting to keep an eye on, because clearly she's safe for now, but once the status quo is restored, which it will be at some point, then see what will happen with her. So, I'm curious, though, what are your kind of... Like I mentioned, I have a couple friends who watch the show, They and a lot of them have said to me that they don't like Burnham. Yeah. Do you like her? I mean, I I mean, I th- I like her because I like Sonico Martin Green a lot. Right. But I mean, I like her character just fine. It's funny. Remember at the beginning I was I was dealing I was talking about this a lot. Like I just don't like her. I don't like anybody. I don't like Walker. I don't like her. I don't like Stamets. Yeah. Uh, I like Saru. That was all I liked. Um, do I like her? I like her more now, but there are still times that I don't like her a lot. Yeah. Which is fine. Mm-hmm. I I don't mind that. I mean, you know, it's kind of a, I don't know, it's a sign of, there were lots of great shows that I liked and I didn't love the main character. I mean, I like her. I'm, I'm, I'm cheering her on. Like, I want to see her do well and I want to see her succeed and I want to see her get, uh, some redemption was the word I was looking for. Yeah. I want to see her get redeemed. Yeah. I am sort of rooting for her. Yeah. Yet she continues to do things at times that I just think. Like I could see if Saru becomes the captain of the ship. Saying to the Admiral, like, no, I could use her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're, like, trying to make the case to keep her on. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Saru's definitely come around on her. And Saru, I would even say that Saru has come the furthest out of everybody, in a way. Oh, yeah, he seemed like he he really, I got the impression that he was just going to be the, um, like, the paranoid, anxious alien that is always freaked out. I liked him in the first two episodes from the Shenzhou, uh period. Mm-hmm. But then when we see him again on Discovery, he's not very... I don't think he's very likable, but to your point, not nobody's really likable. And the reason why, it's because we're seeing it from Burnham's point of view. It's all right. how they're treating her. And Burnham just got their captain killed, so nobody's going to be very likable to her. Right. And so um, I think that Saru has definitely grown a lot over time. I think that... I liked him in the first two episodes because he. I thought to myself, oh, here, this is going to be our alien. This is going to be our mirror to humanity. This is going to be our data. This is going to be our Spock. That's who this character is supposed to be. And um, once we got to the disco- the point where we began on Discovery, he wasn't like that at the beginning. Right? But as a... Like... I wouldn't mess with Saru. Like I would take him very, I take him very seriously as a commander. Oh yeah, yeah, and especially with his threat ganglia. Yeah, I mean he's more formidable than many. Because... I mean, again, it goes back to that episode when he was looking at all the famous captains, and I know we talk about this scene a lot, but that was you know the writing was cl- clearly on the wall at that point that he's trying to become, you know a captain or some sort or wants to embody some qualities to make him a good captain yeah I think he's a great captain yeah he's certainly better than Lorca <laughs> doesn't take much and it would be the first as I mentioned before again you know it would be the first time in a Trek series that we have an alien captain right we haven't we haven't had that yet so that would be a kind of that would kind of be another first right so but I hope he stays I hope he stays captain I really do yeah it would be nice um have you noticed the way he walks? I just yeah. noticed this. How he yeah. has his arms go behind him and they go side to side. Yeah. Like in tandem. Doug Jones says it's like a supermodel sort of. Yeah, thing. it's almost like a jellyfish or something too. It's like, it's really Well, Kelpian does sound like a fish. Kelp. Like, like yeah. sea kelp, you know? It sounds yeah. like some kind of a aquatic thing. So. Right, and ganglia. Gang- ganglia. Ganglia. Fish-like. So we only have one more episode left and then the season ends, which uh, I can't believe because it just... You know, I'm sure I'll repeat myself next week, but it just seems to have gone by so quickly. Yeah, it's been it's been uh, very enjoyable. Yeah, this is going to be the fifteenth episode. It's just <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll obviously do an episode, you know, um, where we will recap our thoughts on the season. But uh, yes, and then something else to be determined. I definitely, and not because it's the freshest series, Trek series in my head, but I definitely feel like this is the best first season out of any of the Trek spinoffs I've seen. So much has happened, and there's been so much character growth. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely liked it 
increasingly. Uh, and these last this last few episodes have been my favorite. Yeah. So it definitely it's working. Their system is working of the slow build. Next gen, in my opinion, still has the worst first season out of all of them. Yeah, Deep Space Nine is pretty. Deep rough Space Nine is too. pretty rough too. And Voyager. Enterprise was fine. Enterprise is okay. Yeah, actually, yeah. I liked the first season. Um, because it it was it was weird because it straddled the line between when you could do the one off you know next gen voyager style and modern long story arc television so it was right in the middle but shows at that point like you had to come out pretty strong you couldn't just take a season to figure things out right yeah exactly um and most trek shows had this reputation short of the original series of not uh getting good until probably around season four or three or four years right which is completely unheard of now no, no show could last that long without being good. And Voyager, I'm sorry to say, didn't get good until. Uh, I know what I know what it's going to seem like I'm implying. I guess I'm. I guess I am implying it. Didn't get good until really until seven of nine joined the show. Season four. Oh yeah. 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 She spoke perfectly to my. Uh, to my little to your boy, love of Borg. My little boy, <laughs> mind at the time. Right. Um. And, you know, Deep Space, same thing. You know, as soon as they encounter the Dominion at the end of season two, that's when the show really kind of picks up. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, um, questions, thoughts, comments, praise, criticism, all that. You want to hear it? I like to say questions, comments, insults is one of my college professors. Questions, comments, insults. Questions, comments, insults. Let me know. Yes. Let us know. And anything um, that you think would be interesting to hear on the hiatus, which uh, yeah, we, we would love to. Um, we do Enterprise the whole thing. What review all of Enterprise? Yeah. Oh Jesus, that's a ninety-nine episode. That's a ninety-eight episodes. It's an episode a day. No. <laughs> all right. No, because there are some pretty dreadful Enterprise episodes. That's true. Like every episode in season two is pretty awful. We'll skip season two. I don't know. We'll come up with something. And we'll put it out there. You can listen or, or not. Yeah. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back after the finale and hope everyone uh, enjoys. See you all next week. Bye. Bye.